Welcome to the Spirited Advocate Podcast, brought to you by the Distilled Spirits Council of the United States, the leading voice for the distilled spirits industry. Now your host, Chris Wonger. Welcome everyone to the Spirited Advocate Podcast. Uh, we are really privileged today to be joined by Danny Works, uh, the Vice Chair of Breakthrough Beverage, and also uh, the Chairman of the Wine and Spirits Wholesalers Association. Uh, I've had the privilege of, of knowing the Works family, just starting off uh, by uh, getting to spend time with many of the, uh, the back then Judge and Dolphin, the Works team, way back in the day from Ed Callison, the Rocky Works, and uh, just coming back in the industry and spending a little bit, of t- little bit of time with Danny. I can tell you the industry is well served uh, with his leadership uh, and uh, just as his engagement within our industry. So Danny, welcome. And tell us just a little bit about yourself and of course, Breakthrough Beverage. And uh, we've, got, we've got an exciting show today and look forward to talking to you about a lot of important issues impacting the industry. So welcome and thank you for being here. Well, thank you, Chris. I appreciate uh, being part of this. Um, I'm very fortunate. I'm a fourth generation uh, family member uh, of the Wirtz family that's been in the beverage alcohol business since the mid 40s. Um, you know, we, we, we grew from, you know, a single state operator to a multi-state operator over those, those generations, um, each generation making their mark and passing it on. Um, it was over five years ago that we formed Breakthrough Beverage, a family partnership between our family and the Marinoff Drucker family to form Breakthrough and, and, and truly become a, a national player across 14 markets um, across uh, Canada as well. So um, it's, uh, it's that family stewardship that's a real consistent amongst family-owned wholesalers, and uh, it's a role that I take real seriously with a lot of pride, uh, as I know I share with a lot of our other members who are, who are doing the same thing and, and seeing the next generation uh, emerge in the industry and, and navigate this, uh, this new world we all live in. Absolutely. Danny, remind me, when did when did Breakthrough come together? What year? Because I took kind of a 10-year break from the industry. Yeah. How long so ago was that? It was, just, uh, it was just a great Marinoff family. Yeah, it was five years ago. And, um, you know, we're um, a lot of, uh, you, know, uh, you know, trials and tribulations within the industry and change. I mean, just amazing. Just, it feels like it's been, you know, a decade. But, um, but really, you know, it, it just shows you the, the sort of uh, evolution of the wholesale tier um, that we continue to still be family owned and operated in many ways, um, but still balancing that great family heritage, but not letting that heritage be sort of a, an anchor to, uh, to progress. And uh, the professionalism that we see across not just our company, but the other companies and the reinvention and the reinvestment into our businesses has really, I think, put us in a position to keep growing, you know, as, as, a, as, a, as a family business, but still in a professionally run uh, environment. No doubt about it. And I've had the privilege to spend some time uh, with Charlie Marinoff, of course, and uh, just the, uh, the enthusiasm and uh, the, the customer focus and all of the above. So congratulations. And uh, back in early, well, back in April, uh, uh, you were appointed to be the chair of the Wine and Spirits Wholesalers Association. Uh, Discus and WSWA's long work together. Uh, Discus and WSWA has probably experienced the natural tensions that come about when partners are in business together. And uh, uh, we're just really, really excited about your appointment uh, with the leadership of Michelle Corsimo. 
uh, uh, I've really, really uh, enjoyed working with Michelle, of course, and uh, certainly Discus is fully invested in working with our with with WSWA and our wholesale partners. Could you just tell us about your chairmanship? You've made such a, a unique uh, inaugural speech uh, coming in, and that's on top of everything that's happening in the marketplace with COVID and all of the above. Uh, could you just kind of give us a top line, your vision of WSWA under your chairmanship uh, for the for the year? It's a unique times we're living in. It it sure is, and um, you know, actually, I'm, I'm I feel actually privileged to be able to um, assume this this position in this time as as weird as it is in many cases. Um, obviously, assuming the role, which usually is done at our convention, you know. We have thousands yep. of people together, our keynote speech and all that, you know, with our, obviously our convention being canceled, you know, it's been a, it's been a virtual chairmanship role. Um, but actually it's actually, and as a lot of businesses are experiencing, it's actually increased levels of engagement, I think, amongst our executive committee, um, amongst our partners uh, like yourself and actually allow us to sort of hopefully keep the energy going around issues that are facing the industry. And given COVID's impact, um, as, I, as I made in my remarks, you know, the, the pace of change that was already in motion seems to have been accelerated. Um, you know, uh, concepts of e-commerce and con- consumer convenience, you know, all become, you know, more front and center than they ever were. So, you know, as, as I assume this chair role, I think it's important that the association is, um, is actively engaging in these, in these changes that we are um, advocating for the types of evolutions that the, the consumer needs and that the industry needs, but do it with the right safeguards and the right, um, the right structures to ensure that all of that good work that we've established over the years um, continues on and our system remains, you know, safe and effective and all the things that we build together. So um, that, that task is, is, is fairly, fairly, uh, challenging. There's a lot, there's a lot there and it's moving fast, but actually I, I'm, I'm really pleased. We've got a great staff. We've got great leadership in Michelle Corsmo and a very engaged executive committee that are, are staying nimble to these times to make sure we're, we're very on top of where the world's going and making sure we're in these important conversations. <clears throat> and we're speaking to Discus and our other partners to make sure we're moving the industry together in lockstep. Yeah, I fully agree. I, I sent a letter to our NABCA control state partners because they have they have been certainly phenomenal in adjusting to the to the marketplace and adapting to the challenges with COVID. And you know, of course, they have a unique role uh, to certainly regulate the product, drive revenue for their states, but uphold high standards of responsibility. So. On the, on the positive ups, upside, uh, no doubt the changes in the marketplace uh, present great opportunities to drive consumer convenience. Cocktails to go is a phenomenon that's really become a lifeline for, uh, for restaurants and taverns all over the country. Discus has been very much involved with that. But we got to be careful uh, to not throw the baby without the bathwater. And any time there's marketplace changes related to beverage alcohol, uh, social responsibility standards, traffic safety, all of that has to be uh, very, very much top of mind. I mean, uh, in traveling around the country, uh, uh, traveling overseas last summer, I had had a chance to visit with some of the Discus member companies and 
you know, with all the impending market changes, uh, and, you know, there's a lot of potentially exciting head, uh, exciting things ahead for our industry. Uh, we also need to recognize that uh, the U.S. marketplace is is the greatest beverage alcohol marketplace in, in the world. Uh, a lot of it, great thanks to the three-tier system, you know, our regulatory structure and so forth. Uh, certainly, a lot of areas of improve, improvement are needed to drive consumer convenience. But as we navigate and think about all of these issues, certainly responsibility has got to be a big component of it because we just, we just uh, in the euphoria of the moment to, to ensure we're driving consumer convenience, we also need to ensure that uh, the foundation of what makes the U.S. marketplace such a great marketplace for suppliers, distributors, and retailers, all that much more important. Uh, Responsibility, uh, one of the things that Michelle Corsimo and I have done is really forged the relationship uh, closer with responsibility.org, and we really appreciated uh, WSWA support at a dinner in October. Could you talk about maybe your views on responsibility and how maybe WSWA and and discus and responsibility.org certainly could work more together. Well, uh, I think we are, we are very aligned on this and I think it's, it's, it's probably one of our um, uh, hallmark issues that we need to stay aligned with um, as we try to make this um, industry more responsible and safe, you know, for consumers. And I think, you know, I think on one hand, we can be proud of the work we've done, you know, and you look at the statistics and access of underage drinking is, has been decreased and, uh, and, and, and drink driving, you know, stats are going down. These are all positive pieces of momentum, but um, you know, these are, these are almost never ending efforts, right? There's Absolutely. Never there's never really a finish line. And so I think the types of things we're doing, the champions of responsibility and using new methods almost at a grassroots level to really uphold the, the principles of um, our responsibility efforts um, need to continue. Um, and then I think there's some, there's some new dimensions, clearly. I think the amount of work that we've done in collaboration over the years at the retail level, uh, in the on-premise level, um, with um, with trainings and, and different staff components to ensure that, you know, product is getting in the hands of those over 21, you know, are all core to what we do. Um, as new frontiers open up, right, you know, there's new ways in which alcohol beverage is being put in the hands of a consumer. And therefore, that opens up the door for potential um, uh, uh, areas of concern. So we have to make yeah. sure that that um, that that safety that we've created, that responsible retailing component that we've we've upheld, you know, as retail evolves and all the different components of e-commerce become part of that, we need to see that those same principles be driven through these new systems. And um, it's probably not there yet, and that's an area of I think alignment and collaboration we can look at. Absolutely, uh, for a long time, and and I do believe, and I'm not saying it because I'm I'm here at Discus now. I felt this way when I was a, you know, part of a member company at Discus. Disc, where some of the, the the strains have existed from time to time amongst uh, the different tiers, uh, and certainly with other other sectors in the in the alcohol beverage community, is Discus has been a long advocate for parity. Mm-hmm. Alcohol is alcohol. You treat 
uh, beer, wine, and spirits the same. And sometimes that's, you know, entered into the, uh, certainly the debate about market access issues and so forth. And, uh, uh, and certainly consumer convenience in, in those two issues, I think, particularly with the COVID crisis, uh, I think will, will, will bring us to the forefront, uh, all with the recognition of Biscus's strong support of the three-tier system for sure on behalf of all of our member companies. How, uh, could you just outline your views on uh, how Discus and certainly WSWA and including with our retail partners, because these are tough issues to consider and think about. And you got to navigate it, navigate in a way to where there's not winners and losers and uh, should be consumer led and also guided by the responsibility uh, standards that are important and so forth. Could you talk about uh, a little bit about that? And uh, because I think, to some degree, things are coming to the to a head where it will be imperative that we roll up our sleeves and come together and find common ground for the betterment of the industry and for the betterment of continuing to move uh, distilled spirits on its great growth path that it, it's experienced over the last 10, 15 years. Absolutely. Um, as, you, as you mentioned, um, uh, the need for convenience, um, you know, it it almost inherently opens up new things, which, you know, could potentially add, you know, add question marks to our equation. Um, business models seem to be changing by the day. The fact that, you know, we have restaurants that are actually establishing what is essentially a retail business yeah. within their within their business model is is drastically different than how they made money and how they were profitable um, before COVID. So, um, these are not things that are, um, are things we need to shut down, but we need to really understand what, how they are to operate. Um, I know they're controversial as, as it relates to infringing in other tiers as well as other businesses. Yeah. At the same time, I think it can be done, but it's going to take great collaboration. And as we open up new frontiers for, again, how we put alcohol beverage in the hands of a consumer. Uh, I think we, we felt good, especially for the restaurateur. The restaurateur, when that guest was inside their restaurant, um, they could feel confident that their um, bartenders, their servers were, were trained. There was skin in the game. You know, if they violated uh, uh, different responsibility things, they had a license at risk. Um, I think once that product leaves the door, um, more questions are start to arise. And I think that's the area that as we open up convenience and as we start to engage potentially third parties and other entities that are now helping make that last mile of convenience to the consumer, that's the areas that I think um, we need to really be aligned on to make sure that, and I have been talking about this, you and I in in our companies spend painstaking effort to ensure from the distill the first drop of distilled product down to where it enters our warehouse the amount of safety checks and uh licensing and laws that are followed um only to be sort of handed off at the end of this chain to potentially an unlicensed uh uh, entity you know is something of concern so we really have to make sure that this system that we spent so many years building that is able to put alcohol beverage in the hands of an of-age consumer in a responsible way continues with the, with the great invention of all these new methods of getting that done in a more convenient way. So it's a it, it's a it's a bit of a, a challenge, but I think it can be done. 
but there's only one way. And that's, I think, through, through, you know, a lot of conversation, a lot of collaboration about what this safe regulatory space looks like um, in this new world. Absolutely. And just with COVID, uh, I think uh, I, I hear you that you would agree. I mean, COVID brings to the forefront, but we're probably going to have to grapple with a lot of these issues sooner, sooner rather than later. Uh, e-commerce, you've, you've touched base on that and that that's probably the big one. Uh, one of the, the neat surprises for me coming back, uh, back into the industry is, uh, Drizzly and, uh, what certainly WSWA and the distributor community has done, uh, as it relates to Drizzly, because what's amazing about Drizzly is it does, uh, it is, it's, it's, Picture example of driving consumer convenience. It is within uh, the three tier system, and it allows for great choice and so forth. Uh, could just talk about some of the challenges that we'll have to grapple with in thinking about e-commerce. Certainly, sure. there's been such a rise and emerging, you know, of emergence of uh, the craft distiller community, and uh, in some states have picked up. I think eight, by my count, uh, have adopted direct shipping, interstate direct shipping as a result of being a lifeline for the craft distillers when their distilleries were shut down and so forth. And then Drizzly. Uh, Discus is very, very committed in uh, supporting uh, our friends at Drizzly and WSWA to expand uh, uh, that delivery platform because it's all about consumer convenience and uh, we're looking forward to hopefully doing our part to try to help Drizzly as well. So I guess e-commerce, how do we get through that? And uh, certainly uh, the opportunities as it relates to Drizzly as well. Well, e-commerce and the digital marketplace, I think, has given uh, just such a new dimension for our industry, right? The idea that a consumer can can have this, you know, very dynamic experience in the digital space to learn, be educated, to shop, um, and to access our products in such a different way. Um, you know, the challenge historically has always been the transactional component, you know, of how to yeah. take how to take that digital engagement that the that uh, your members are are spending advertising dollars against and actually drive that into a sale. And so, um, obviously, we we are extremely proud and and pleased with the trajectory that Drizzly has provided um, as a company and as a model to you know to really yep. um, you know sometimes I think we think of Drizzly in and of itself, but actually what they are is such an enabler. They're an enabler of retailers, to be honest with you. And what we've seen is um, not Drizzly in and of itself, but actually Drizzly's capability really um, plugging in to independent and uh, local retailers in state that did not have presence online, that did not have the ability to fill an e-commerce experience that are now essentially plugged into the Drizzly platform and able to transact in this way. And I think that that alone has created a huge opportunity to, you know, um, really activate that, that, that retail trade. And for us, especially in this time where I do believe consumers are really thoughtful about how they're spending money, where they're spending money. Um, you know, I think people have a lot of empathy for small businesses and wanting to support businesses in their community. For sure. So the idea that I can, you know, I can actually transact online and not leave my home. And I know my local retailer, the mom and pop shop down the street will be the one sending me that product within an hour. 
um, sort of checks a lot of boxes for consumers. And I think that's a that's a whole new dimension to to our marketplace that we haven't been able to see before. So um, we will continue to advocate for you know smart and and uh, and safe delivery mechanisms because we think that you know by being engaged with the local in-state retailers, it's going to always be the most effective way to get product to a consumer in the fastest way possible. But using kind of the track record of these retailers and their commitment to responsibility to make sure this is all done um, in a safe and effective way. So I think the combination of, you know, advancing and the consumer awareness of delivery, I think, I think frankly, the, the awareness level pre COVID was very low that you could wow. a whole beverage uh, online and do it in a way that was safe and, and effective. Um, now with that, you know, with the sort of floodgates opening and the consumer's imagination expanding, sure you know, there, there will be bad actors out there. And we're yeah. always concerned about, you know, uh, different uh, ways in which products can be purchased by bad actors, tainted alcohol, all the things we always are concerned about, you know, in a traditional brick and mortar world, we have, we're very confident in the safeguards of that. As you start to open things up, you know, we just don't want bad actors to ruin the experience for what all the good actors and all the good members of our industry are, are doing. So um, I think it's a, it's a tremendously exciting aspect of our business, um, but it's abs- absolutely one that we have to continue to find ways to make sure that, you know, all, all boxes are checked along the way and we still fulfill that, that consumer need. Absolutely. And on behalf of Discus, big thank you to WSWA. Y'all hosted a webinar earlier this week uh, for the craft distiller community, which which just provided guidance for craft distillers. You know, there's an ongoing debate uh, for some of the smallest distillers in terms of access uh, to the to the distributor tier and so forth. And you know, that's going to be a component to the uh, that's going to be a part of the equation that we're going to have to consider. And really, really appreciate WSWA's. Uh, uh, foresight and leadership in, in just hosting that webinar. Uh, the feedback that I've received uh, from our craft distiller members uh, was very, 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 very appreciative. Uh, just uh, switching gears, uh, tariffs, uh, Discus has really appreciated WSWA's support and our distributor partner support in uh, the challenges associated uh, with uh, tariffs. Earlier, we announced uh, the two-year anniversary on tariffs that were imposed by the EU on American whiskey, uh, where we've seen a 33% decline in exports of American whiskey uh, to, to the EU. And that's just a really sad, devastating thing with long-time effects. Uh, and certainly we're grappling with uh, new tariffs on some EU spirits brands and so forth. Uh, could you provide a perspective? First, big thank you to WSWA and our distributor partners for helping helping us uh, contend with that. Uh, could you just talk about from your perspective what you've seen uh, in terms of an impact on the marketplace? Uh, it's probably about eight, nine months now that the tariffs have been imposed on brands coming in from the EU on cordials, liqueurs, single malt scotch, and uh, Irish whiskey from Northern Ireland. Are you seeing an impact of that uh, uh, through through a breakthrough as a result of that? Sure. And I think, you know, speaking on behalf of, of WSWA, we're obviously you know, fully committed to work in collaboration 
uh, to oppose these tariffs. Um, we're putting efforts against that on the Hill every day. Um, and we see that, you know, it's such an important industry issue because the, the trickle down of the impact of tariffs, um, you know, goes to obviously your members and across the wine industry as well, down to us as wholesalers clearly. And then when you start to actually get into the specific impacts um, you're also talking about a hospitality industry that will feel yep. the impact of this, which is already decimated from COVID and now dealing with, with specific, um, you know, product groups that, that, that are a big part of their inventory or part of their propositions. Um, I think we see it across different product groups as far as small wholesalers and specialty. You know, if they're heavily indexed in some of these high tariff uh, categories, it can be detrimental to their business, whether that's a specialty wholesaler, whether that's a retailer bar or restaurant that specializes in these items. Um, so it, it affects everyone down through the line. And I think it's critical that, you know, especially as these um, these decisions are obviously happening at the administration level and clearly at a at a almost unrelated to our industry level, we have to tell these stories. We have to really uh, define the impact. We have to talk about how these uh, damaging tariffs really affect our family-owned businesses at a local level so that that voice can be a lot louder in Washington uh, to these impacts. And I think it will take absolutely full industry cooperation to really make sure that that story is uh, is trumpeted loud certainly told well we'll keep we'll keep at it and uh, certainly work very closely with uh, the WSWA team as a result of that uh, now if if it's okay let's let's kind of turn to a quick firing round uh, I've got the chairman of WSWA and uh, the vice chair of breakthrough beverage what do you see in terms of uh, uh, beverage trends uh, in the in the coming months? Yeah, so I think from a category standpoint, you know, you see all the data. I think there's some great growth, obviously, in American whiskey, tequila. You know, the the, the proliferation of of new gins. You know, we're still not quite where Europe is in terms of the gin explosion, but you know, we're still very bullish on that category. And then I think the 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 almost to your point before around convenience. The uh, explosions of products and innovation we're seeing from a um, product packaging standpoint and ready to drink. Um, ready to drink was was a was always a category, but it was a very retail driven experience and at a certain price point and different package sizes. Um, now it's almost you know if you can put it in a can, it's in a can and yeah. uh, it becomes not only an on, an off premise item becomes an on-premise kind of item. So really seeing this sort of, um, especially for spirits to actually be consumed in a more ready to drink format and really seeing some innovation around um, that convenience factor. Um, I would imagine there's even elements of just safety and, and how packages are, are, are concealed and things like that that play a big role in this. So I think that's a new frontier. We're seeing it from a lot of your members. We're seeing it from a lot of entrepreneurs that are looking to get into the industry. Um, there's obviously a, a continuing trend around uh, low uh, ABV cocktails and sessionable yeah. cocktails uh, and spirit items. So um, these are all things. And again, it's, it's, it continues to be such a, um, an exciting part of our industry that it seems as though um, our industry every couple of years is reinventing a category or inventing a category or in inventing a product type, um, which you just do not see in other across other uh, packaged goods industries. So especially now, I love the fact that, you know, despite, um, despite a, a, a obviously heavy economic um, impacts of, of COVID, we're still seeing ideas, new ideas come to, 
fruition and getting to market in a dynamic way. I hadn't really thought about it, but just the innovation that comes with this industry uh, from just a package package good perspective is is really phenomenal, right? I eat Wheaties cereal, right? Wheaties has been the same and it's been awesome ever since, right? But there's not much innovation you can do uh, with certainly a Wheaties, unlike yeah. what you can do with American whiskey or gin or vodka or the ready-to-drinks. It really Wheaties is a testament same, about how cool Same size box is. for probably the last 50 years, too. Exactly. Um, yeah, if Wheaties was in our industry, we'd have it in a can. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I like that. So... Uh, your favorite cocktail, of course, you can't name a particular brand. I would presume you can't do that because you represent so many, so many great uh, suppliers. But uh, your your cocktail of choice, do you change between summertime and wintertime? Yeah, absolutely. I'm a I'm a I'm a seasonal, uh, deliberate um, pairing of the season. So I tend to drink my whiskeys in the winter, and summer is. Uh, tequila and gin for me. Um, and, uh, you know, I love, I love simple cocktails as much like gin and tonic uh, as a, as yeah. a go-to simple. Um, and I love, you know, uh, more complex cocktails, Negronis, um, Manhattans. Uh, so um, more on the classic side, more on the dry side, um, spirit forward um, are all my, my kind of favorites. And, uh, and obviously we're in, we're continue to be in a great renaissance of amazing cocktails and you can get great cocktails in so many different places. Now you don't have to go to the one cool bar in town. It's, you know, from the airport to the hotel, to the corner bar, you know, you can get a great cocktail with amazing spirits. It's another thing to continue to celebrate in our industry. No doubt about it. And if you could pick uh, someone, someone famous, just that kind of makes it fun. Of course, uh, be interested in your view on someone uh, uh, just from a personal perspective, but it's always enticing to pick someone intriguing, famous, dead or alive. If you could pick so, anybody to have a cocktail with, uh, who would you pick? Well, I, I'm probably disclosing a little bit of my um, my, my love of music, and, and I, I should probably pick some awesome, like, you know, ex-president or highbrow, but really, sure. I had the chance. Like, I'd love to have a cocktail with David Bowie and and just, you know, talk about his view of the world. You know, he reinvented himself so many times. He did. Uh, he's a fascinating uh, artist um, and poet in many ways, and so uh, he's one of my all-time favorites. So um, I don't know what his drink of choice would have been, but, you know, definitely a cocktail Good with question. him. And maybe in one of his eras, it could have been a cocktail in Berlin with David Bowie or in New York. But, um, you know, he was he was an icon. So I would probably pick someone like that uh, to to uh, to have an engaging conversation around a cocktail. Very good fun. That That's a good uh, that's that's a fun one for sure. And uh, so on behalf of uh, Discus and uh, the Spirited Advocate, uh, a, a big great cheers to uh wswa your chairmanship uh discus and wswa really rolling up our sleeves uh with our distributor partners as we get through uh all the challenges associated with the social unrest of course which we didn't talk about uh but certainly the marketplace changes and uh just really uh wswa is is lucky under your leadership and uh, uh great cheers from us and we hope uh, we're looking forward to really working with you, Danny. So thank you uh, for your time and consideration in doing this.
Well, Chris, cheers right back at you. Um, we're, we're committed to partner, to continue to collaborate. We're, we're so lucky to operate in this amazing industry that's stood the test of time, that's been through challenges before. And, um, you know, we have to continue to work together to continue to make this industry as great as it is and, uh, and to innovate it, grow it, and uh, do the right things to keep it safe. So thank you so much for this opportunity. I love the conversation and uh, more to come. Cheers. We'll get through it. Thank you, Danny. Thanks. Thanks. The Spirited Advocate podcast was brought to you by the Distilled Spirits Council of the United States. If you'd like to be a guest speaker on the show or send us topic suggestions to cover, please contact us at podcast at distilledspirits.org. And please like and share these episodes. Your support is very appreciated.